You're listening to DraftKings Network. Folks, Mother's Day is around the corner, and let me talk to you about 1-800-Flowers. I can't wait. Every year to tradition, I send stuff to my mother, my mother-in-law, and my wife because they are three amazing moms. They're better than all your moms out there. You think you have good moms? No, I have good moms in my life. I'm just kidding. This was a little harsh. I'm sure you guys all have good moms too. From your mom to the mother of your children and all the moms in between, this Mother's Day, give back to the ones that have given you everything. 1-800-Flowers helps you celebrate all amazing moms from homemade bouquets, sweet treats, gourmet food, and one-of-a-kind gifts ordered easily and delivered fresh. For a limited time, you can save up to 40% off Mother's Day bestsellers at 1-800-Flowers.com slash Dan. Don't wait. Order today and save up to 40% at 1-800-Flowers.com slash Dan. Now's a good time to remember where the story of tequila started. In 1795, the first tequila distillery was opened by the Cuervo family. And 229 years later, Cuervo is still going strong. Family owned from the start, same family, same land. Now's a good time to enjoy Cuervo, the tequila that invented tequila. Go to Cuervo.com to shop tequila or visit a store near you. Cuervo, now's a good time. Trademarks owned by Beckley, SAB, the CV, copyright 2024, Proximo, Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is the Dan Levator Show with the Stugatz Podcast. We are one week away from our live show in Vegas, and we are about to inundate Las Vegas with Metal Arc Media members. I should probably warn the audience that the release schedule next week is going to be a little bit different than what you're used to. If you're used to your pods in the morning, we are not getting up at five o'clock in the morning Vegas time to churn out uh, the normal stuff that we churn out. I have hair and makeup at 5 a.m. I literally do. This doesn't seem fair. Yeah, and I'm not waking up at 5 a.m. I'll be at the tables till 5 a.m. and stroll in. Understood. So just I'm just telling the audience before they get mad that the schedule is going to be different than it usually is. I'm assuming that Stugatz is headed out this weekend. I'm assuming that more than half of our company will be there uh, by the weekend. Uh, Amin El-Hassan is in today, and I want to get him agitated a little bit off the top because his energy level hasn't been very strong uh, in the morning, uh, at the start of the morning. And the way I'm going to get him agitated is the following. Magic Johnson has praised the NBA's 65-game eligibility rule by writing... Fans were upset after spending money to see their favorite players not play. So my friend, Adam Silver, had to take action and implement the new rule. Good for the league and local TV partners, sponsors, the NBA, and the fans. Directly contradicts, I mean, what it is that you said yesterday when you were made insane by the idea that they've made this rule that makes players rush back from injury so they could play 65 games and get some of the incentives in their contracts. Mike Blink first. Um, yeah, I think 
Didn't help his energy level. No, not at all. Didn't really work. Not in at terms all of because agitating him because the way I wanted. I think he yeah. wants to talk about the hand the, when he puts a team signal down. Yeah. That's what him and Mike mean. Yeah, they have this, a little beef this, with that right that's, now. That's I think a much more pressing local issue for sure than Magic Johnson and his gobbledygook tweets. No, I want to talk to Mike because Mike, I want to understand what is it that makes you so infuriated when you see someone put up the well, U upside I, down? Well, because I saw your reaction to me giving you the finger, and at first you were like, what is this all about? I don't like it when people give me the finger. No, and that that's exactly what an upside-down hand gesture is. That wasn't my If reaction. you don't have a hand gesture and you want to wade into the topic of putting hand gestures upside down, you need to see yourself out of that conversation because you don't know what it feels like. You don't. You've never been on the receiving end of an upside-down hand gesture because you don't have one, but you've been on the receiving end of a middle finger, and you don't like the way that that feels. Let me tell you something, brother. It's the exact same feeling. I didn't feel any such way about him giving me a finger. How convenient. I was just playing staring contest. That's what I thought we were doing, and I won because he blinked several times. This person writes in, and this is always fun, players need to take better care of themselves and their bodies. Oh. Players need to stay in condition all year round. Is that guy? What are you looking for? Uh, can you pass me one of those cue cards that you have right there? What are you looking? It's not a cue card. What I don't have it? any cue what cards. What is that? What do you call it? It's an index card. It's an index card. Well, it's semantics. It is? Thank you. It's super It's semantic. not really semantics. Cue cards are giving you lines to say. Well, guess what I'm about to write down? I'm lines sure. to say, like, stay in shape. Good conditioning. Don't get hurt. Got All right. It. Got it. Continue. That person looks like what? This person who is claiming, does this person, the person who is writing that, is there any chance that this person is ever in better shape than an than any Never. NBA player? Never. Any NBA player. Never. A single NBA player. NBA player? Is there any chance they're better shape than anyone in this studio right now? I know the no. bar. I know Come how on. upsetting this is. Come bar. on. That's not fair to our audience. There are fit people. They're just not NBA not fit people in our audience. They might be guy. very vascular. You know, taking a lot of steroids potentially. No, no, you don't think so. I don't think this. I don't think someone who says this is anywhere near any sort of shape. I feel like that person is bald with a beard, but jacked because they think that they can stay in better shape than an NBA player, like the Seahawks coach, like Clint Hurt. Sure. Uh, <laughs> usually, it's like uh, someone that looks like Boog Shambi, someone that's never done leg day, but their calves are enormous. No, I I got I got a guy with thick Coke bottle rim glasses. I've got those uh, athletic shorts that we wore in high school in the '90s. Those like champion cotton that were terrible. They just soaked in sweat. And a T-shirt that doesn't quite fit, so there's a little bit of undergut poking in. But why does it matter? That is a valid criticism in some instances, no matter the type of shape that you're in. No, that's not valid. Players need to take better care of themselves and their bodies. Players need to stay in condition all year round. That's not valid criticism of NBA players. That's total bullshit. Mm. Like, that's not you don't understand what kind of shape these human beings are in. Mm. Like, what do you think? They, so offseason go crazy. You think these you think these people just show up and play in basketball games and they're not like spending all of their time Ooh. meticulously? I mean, I mean, taking you've been care on the road. Their... You've been on the road with some some players. Are there players that uh, don't take their body uh, conditioning seriously and, and don't work out throughout the off season? 
that don't work out? No, there are no players that don't work out. There are players that, to use the term, work hard, play hard, for sure. But don't, don't, just don't just show up and play basketball and go home. Not since like 2004, probably. I I just can't. I think the science has gotten uh, a lot better in the last, uh, you know, 25 years. But when John Amici was playing, I've seen that man at that size run at 9.0 on a treadmill for 50 minutes and get off and not be like breathing particularly hard at that size. He was probably close to 300 pounds. Like I, I don't I don't think that when people are watching basketball, and I mean, you're rounded all the time, so you could speak to this expertise, that, that people understand the amount of uh, body mechanics who surround these guys to aid them with the repair and 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 just uh, to, to improve their bodies all the time, because how the hell could they do any of what you're watching unless they were in like unbelievable shape? And especially by the fourth quarter when you're, you're just exhausted and there's the human limit, like none of these guys play 48 minutes because of how hard it is the, the human body can't do that repeatedly. To, to be clear, I'm not doing the thing where it's like where you criticize an NBA player and then they say, oh, what, what have you done? Can you do it? Oh, you can't do it? Then shut up. Because that is an invalid criticism because the idea is that you're not competing against me, non-NBA player. You're competing against other guys who are doing it. This person, however, is saying that they're not doing it at all, that they're not staying in shape. They're not conditioned, well-conditioned. And that's just patently ridiculous so yes mike you're right we shouldn't be comparing them to sloth on the couch but sloth on the couch is in fact patently incorrect but even for people that work out during the off season there are different tiers and you can sure. see it i mean uh, there are several noted world famous soccer players that whenever the international break rolls around they find a way to gain 15 pounds in 10 days away and then they lose it instantly Neymar I think had like a 48 hour granted he was wearing a bomber jacket that made it seem like he was a lot heavier than he was but he had to put out an Instagram story saying why are you saying that I'm fat look at this and then he reveals six pack abs they go on these wild fluctuations over there I just want to salute anybody that runs because running sucks I hate running. I look, I'm an average build. If I take my shirt off, I might surprise you. But when it comes <laughs> to cardio, no thanks. No thanks whatsoever. You get the shin splints. You breathe heavy. If you haven't ran for a while and you start getting back into it, you realize quickly why you stopped. It's a terrible thing. I think the, the thing about running that scares me now as a soon-to-be 45-year-old is the constant fear. It's no longer like, oh, my shins hurt. Now it's like, oh, my, I'm about to rupture my Achilles. Oh, there goes my, like, I have a constant fear anytime I'm, like, running or anything that's not like the elliptical. The elliptical, I can do that forever. Oh, for days. Oh, the yeah. best. I wish there were ellipticals so easy on, your body. on the streets. Like, that could oh, elliptical so my great. way around the day. You guys are doing this wrong. You got to do the power walk. Yeah. Jogging is, it's, it's out of touch. I try that. The, but the strut, you know what I'm talking about, where you get like the, the I hips. do, but Chris, I forget. <laughs> like I'm telling you, you can go for days, baby. You just nice and easy. Running for sweat. All you got to do is get the heart rate up, Chris, baby. That's all we're trying to do here. Don't you forget at some point. Like I'm power, I power walk sometimes, and then I forget that I'm power walking, and then it turns into a regular walk. I'm like, yeah. oh, wait a second. No, no, no. You just got to make sure walk. the hips need to go side to side. My strategy yeah, do, is I'll, to do a dead sprint for about 30 seconds. And then spend 90 minutes recovering from the sprint, yeah. but I've gotten the heart rate up. So I just cut right to it. Rather mm -hmm. than build up, just shock the system in a very unhealthy fashion. I could power walk around this office for the entire show. Do it. Uh.
California. <laughs> I just, yeah, Why do you keep saying things? <laughs> do you think you want to just, you, you, do you, you think you want to walk in there circles, power walk? We have that outdoor you camera. Know you know what? Thanks, Chris. <laughs> Why do you Lighter do day today. Uh, Staff is down. Go ahead. Cool. Uh, Appreciate do you. Me, do me a favor, Chris. Just, goddamn idiot. No, just do, just do it for the remainder of this segment. I want for you to just power walk in circles around this studio the entire time and then sit down. Yes, in here. Just power walk in here. And then sit down, and I want to get uh, I want to get your thoughts on some sports thing uh, to see how winded you are. I like the idea of Chris hitting the parachute like before he's jumped out of the plane, just <laughs> like while they're still in the door. Will that cord? <laughs> Put it on the pole, please, Juju. Uh, do you ever power walk and then forget your power walking and then just turn into a regular walk? And also, just does running suck? Also, put on the screen so people know what uh, Clint Hurt looks like uh, for me. He uh, he used to be the Seattle Seahawks defensive coordinator. Now he's a defensive line coach, I think, at Washington. And that's what we're saying. That's the guy who's writing in and saying players need to take better care of themselves and their bodies. Players need to stay in condition all year round. By the way, I would hire that person upon his entry into the interview room for defensive line coach. Oh, I think it's for any job. Uh, too. I was literally like, any yeah. job. Yep. Well, my job? Go ahead, man. Take it. <laughs> Big Clint Hurt guy. Just based off optics alone, he's a former Miami Hurricane, and he was rumored to be a defensive coordinator candidate. And just seeing the candidates, I wanted him in here. Is there a better name for a defensive it's line good. coach than Hurt? With two T's. He'll hurt you with two T's, too. It's not nice. even It's not yeah. even a single T. It's the second two T is for twice. I'll hurt you, and then I'll hurt you again. Hey guys, it's Tony. I am very, very, very excited about the NBA playoffs. They have been incredible so far. Taylor, producer on the show, thanks to Game Time, took a 28-hour train ride to a Knicks game. Talking to Taylor, it was an awesome time going to the game, feeling the energy of the garden, and I really want to get out there to watch a game in the garden. And you know how I do it? Of course, the best ticket app on the planet, Game Time. Game Time is an authorized ticket marketplace of the NBA, which makes getting playoff tickets even faster and easier. Prices on the Game Time app actually go down the closer it gets to tip-off with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, which is a technology I love, by the way, Game Time has tons of last minute deals. You can save up to 60% off buying last minute for sports, concerts, comedy, theater. Take the guesswork out of buying NBA tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app today. Create an account. Use code DAN, D A N, for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code DAN, D A N, for 20 bucks off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Don Lebatard, Kensley Jansen. I got to be careful uh, here. What did I just do there? Let me start again. Stugatz. He's the closer. Comes in, ninth inning, closes the game out. His name is Kenley Jansen. He has blamed his recent. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Don Lebatard show with the Stugatz. Presented by DraftKings Fantasy Sports. Check out what DraftKings has to offer this season with Code Dan, because life's more fun when you're in on the action. DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void or prohibited. See DraftKings.com for details. I am impressed by Lucy for a number of different reasons, but the latest is how aggressive she is being about taking action on finding friends. She is not going to let Miami come to her. She is going to go and see if she can find people in Miami worthy of her friendship in a way that I would not be brave enough to try. I could not go on friend dates. 
Yeah, so tonight, big news, I have a Bumble BFF date, which is just a regular date, but you just want to be friends at the end. And I'm very nervous. Her name is Alex. We're going for a walk. So this conversation's been very helpful in preparing for that. And so basically, it's just, I've talked about it on the show before, but it's just a dating app. My profile is a PowerPoint on why you should be friends with me, and it always works. I love can we see it? Uh, every, can we see it? Sure. It needs to be updated. Would love a full PowerPoint um, presentation. I'll have to yeah, we'll send that to video. Google Drive, but... Yeah, so I'm going on a friend date tonight. I'm excited. I'm a little nervous because if you go on a regular date and it doesn't work out, you're like, ah, well, the spark wasn't there or whatever. If you go on a friend date and it doesn't work out, you're like, you don't want to be my friend? You just don't like me? You don't want to hang out? So I'm a little nervous, but I'm excited. I'm going to make friends. Now, Dan, have you heard Lucy's, well, I don't want to say horror stories, but failed friend dates on Bumble? I have not. Oh. Yeah, no, we've, we've, we've heard about uh, some of those. I, I just really commend Lucy. It's hard. She doesn't really have any Miami contacts. What she's doing over, over the weekends and foster carrying a dog for a day seems utterly heartbreaking and kind of masochistic because I can't... Sorry, kind of what? Masochistic? Is that how you say it? You said it uh, right the second time. There you go. I'm sorry. I had a little, little bit of spit in my mouth. Apologies. Amin's always there for you. He gets yeah. right in. No, he's been very helpful this segment, especially that time when he was writing. Um, uh, so, the, uh, the, the I'm very unsettled with you doing the U upside down, so <laughs> please, seriously, stop. Yet, she takes care of these dogs that are in shelters, and she spends a whole day with them, and then... He's slowing down, by the way, behind yeah, us. That's, he's, that's down. he's He's, he's, he's three minutes in, and he's already he's already slowing down, and he says he's getting dizzy. And then by the end of it, by the end of her day, she goes back to the shelter and returns the dog. The dog, doing dog things, doesn't want to leave her custody, doesn't want to leave cars at all, and she has to wheel this dog back into the shelter, and... She ends up crying because how could you not? Wheel. And she goes, she's going to keep doing this every weekend because she says it's super rewarding. And I, I get that, but the trauma of actually returning the dog and breaking up with a new dog every weekend seems too much to overcome every weekend. I think she's going to fall in love with one of these dogs and end up uh, just with a responsibility that she didn't want to undertake because she travels too much. It almost happened with Zeke. You guys, I was so angry when you were like, what you're doing is bad and you're hurting these dogs. And it's, I did not like that take. And then this weekend, I felt it a little bit when I dropped Zeke off, who is the sweetest dog in the world. He's available for, available for adoption at Miami-Dade Shelter and Doral. He has different color eyes. One's blue and one's brown. He was so sweet. He would not get out of my car. He absolutely knew what I was doing. He did not want to, like, leave any sort of door. Like, he was so, like, not wanting to leave. And then when I took him into the into the shelter, he just laid on the ground and wouldn't move. And it was so sad. And I was, like, trying not to cry. And then one of the nice ladies at the shelter was like, hey, girly, what you're doing is great. You got to keep doing it. It's, I took Zeke out. He doesn't even remember me, so he probably will forget you. And that actually did make me feel a little bit better. But Zeke, I was close. He was such a good boy. And he's available for adoption. If you want to adopt him, reach out. I'll pay your adoption fee. He was such a good boy. Uh, Whoa, reach that... out directly to you also. Yes. We can put some information on to help the people who are doing good work here locally on helping. There are a lot of dogs who need care in South Florida. That was Chris Cody levels of extending yourself unnecessarily. Why would you pay for the adoption fee? She wants to help. She's interested. What do you mean? What, why would she pay for that? She's interested in helping these dogs. And if they, she can incentivize some caring people to take care of these dogs, she's willing to pay for it. Do you her. want someone who's like, hey, adopt this dog. Ah, I don't feel like paying the fee. What if I pay the fee? Like, mm, maybe. 
Like, that's not the level of commitment I think you want from someone to adopt a dog. You want someone who's like, hell yeah, I want this dog. How much is it going to cost? Do you take cash or credit card? That's not the situation that we're in, though. There's a there's a problem with uh, demand. Uh, the supply but is plenty strong. You see what I'm saying, though? Like, if you're unwilling to pay the fee, does, does that sound do. like someone who's going to be committed to well, uh, may, may, but I, Are you saying that poor people or people who are struggling with money uh, don't have commitment to animals? Because I don't think that no, that's true. I'm I feel saying, like often it's the opposite. I'm saying that if you can't afford to adopt it, how can you afford to upkeep and maintain it? Maybe you love so much that you're willing to make the sacrifices because you found a dog. Uh, this dog, I fell in love with her dog just seeing its face. And now she's saying it's also sweet, that it's a sweet animal that didn't want to leave. I don't, I don't know how someone can just do that every week and the pain in, in bringing that dog back. I would fall in love with a dog that's sweet with me. And I spend two hours with a dog. I want to adopt every dog that doesn't have a home. Uh, Chris Cody, you're slowing down a good amount. You are, you are, you are slowing down. Uh, Lucy, I want to ask you more questions though about the dating friendship app. Uh, is this an entirely pure thing? Are you sure that some people are going to see you uh, wanting to date friends and take it differently? Might, they might not think that you want to be friends because these are. This is a dating app. It's not a friendship app. No. Correct. So it's technically on Bumble, which is a dating app, but Bumble has different sectors. They have like Bumble for dating. They have Bumble BFF, which is specifically for friends. Um, and then they also have Bumble networking. I don't know who's networking on Bumble, but that's not the point. But Bumble friends, it's pretty clear. Like you'll see like on other people's profiles, they're like, hey, I'm looking for friends who are like this. It's, I think it's pretty wholesome. I've only had one time where I've gone on a friend date and like the intentions were off and it wasn't like, oh, she wanted to date me. She wanted me to join her multi-level marketing scheme. And so that was kind of tough. She was really pushing this vegan hair care brand and I did not sign up. I was pretty desperate for friends though. So I was very proud of myself for not investing in this brand, but that's the only time that's ever happened. For the most part, I found that people on this app are pretty pure. All right, we're gonna go to wow. uh, we're gonna go to her PowerPoint in a second. But Chris, would you introduce this since you you've quit after eight minutes on the power walking? Can you introduce He's better than running though? Can you introduce <laughs> this in your winded voice, please? Uh, the the PowerPoint presentation that uh, that Lucy is doing to interview friends. Here's Lucy interviewing friends. <laughs> nope. No. No, that's not the. I thought you said introduce. Okay. All right. Good work by you. <laughs> Here's a PowerPoint that Lucy has on her Bumble profile yeah. for Bumble friends. Why you should be my friend. A PowerPoint presentation by Lucy you, and you a lovely photo there. Thank you. you look very tall in that picture. I yeah. know. It's fake, though. Then she oh. moves on to say a little about me. I literally just moved. Oh, already two words in and literally you're fitting right into Miami. <laughs> just moved from Miami. Uh, I saw Adam Sandler getting sushi once. I did. I, I work in sports. <laughs> Fun. I'm skilled at PowerPoint. <laughs> Duh. I own a jukebox. I do. I've a never computer? been to the Grand Canyon. Never I have, been. I have an extra tooth. We know that about you. <laughs> My apartment complex has a pool. I'm ordained. I own a jukebox. I do. It's very cool. We're two slides in and I already Wait want to be minute. best friends. Testimonials. <laughs> Are these testimonials? Are these real or did you fake these? No comment. <laughs> Chad GPT says, Lucy is the best friend I've ever had. She offered me her kidney. I didn't even need it. Couldn't recommend enough. 10 out of 10. One of my friends. Five stars. Every Uber driver I've ever had. Lucy is so fun. Apologies for the fire alarm. Lucy is so fun and funny. 
she didn't even pay me to say this. And let's just say she did pay me to say this. She paid well. An anonymous friend. I've never met anyone that commits to a bit more than Lucy. That's really good joke writing there, Lucy. It might be a problem, actually. A friend that definitely exists. And then some helpful photos of you with friends to Having prove fun. that you are a real Those person. are real. Those are real. The, well. the testimonials are fake, but the photos are real. Right? I didn't say the testimonials were fake. I, you said no comment. I said no comment. So you don't know any way to prove that. The top photo was friends I didn't make on Bumble BFF, but the bottom photo was a friend I did make on Bumble BFF. All right. Next slide. We move on. Okay. I'm sold. What now? Swipe right. Or you can follow on IG. Let's grab a drink or food. We can watch sports if you're into that. If you're not, that's okay. I'm just I'm reading this. It sounds just like you. We can do other stuff like go to concerts or do some wholesome shit like what? go to the movies or do something crafty. The possibilities are endless. Genuinely want to be best friends. And that is my friend Shannon that I met on Bumble BFF, who's awesome. And that's Gabe from Good Luck Charlie, a Disney Channel show. Wow. You, uh, that, did, that did not deserve that level of wow. Uh, you uh, are getting what kind of activity with this net you've cast? Because it's a good net that you've cast here. I'll just say, anytime I swipe on someone, they always swipe me back. I It's it's pretty good because people see my sense of humor, humor and I got to say, the profiles on Bumble BFF, they're not as engaging as mine. So people are like, whoa, she's different. She's funny. Those testimonials, man, she's a great friend. So usually when I swipe on someone, they swipe back. And I usually, for the most part, like, I'm pretty like, okay, we've swiped. Let's just go hang out right away. But if people don't, like, show the sort of initiative with me, I'm like, look, I put together a whole PowerPoint. You got to work a little yeah. bit, too. So I had great luck with this. I used a version of this PowerPoint when I lived in L.A. That's how I met half the friends on that slideshow. And it killed. It crushed. I was getting left and right. <laughs> this one, it's been a little bit slower, but I'm back. And I'm hoping that Alex and I are great friends after tonight. Yeah, Miami's a tough market because uh, different personality type. You'd be an outlier here, a little quirky compared to, well, quirky through the Miami prism. Mm -hmm. But you're a find because there really isn't anyone like you in Miami. I think that's for a reason. Culturally, I'm not exactly sure what the reason is, but you are a great friend. Chris Thank Cody, you. Chris Cody, have you uh, have you found that Jeremy nearby there uh, felt instant remorse at how eager he was about shouting "Wow"? That wasn't. Way? I had to feel no remorse. That was adorable. I wasn't honestly. asking you, Jeremy. I, I, I want to make it abundantly clear. I was very but excited I, I that you met I, the guy. I wasn't, Lucy, I'm addressing I, you here. I'm very, I'm very excited you. for you that you got to meet Gabe from Good Luck Charlie. I was so drunk, and wow. I saw him at the bar. I was like, I gotta <laughs> talk to Gabe. And yeah, then I saw as this you guy, should named Meatball from The Bachelorette, and I was so drunk that I was like, I gotta get a photo with Meatball, and those were the only two celebrities I ever took pictures with. Wow. Gabe from Good Luck, Charlie, and Meatball. Chris Cody, uh, why did you quit power walking after eight minutes? My knees started to hurt. <laughs> oh. <laughs> hey, listeners, it's Mike Ryan, and I've changed a lot over the course of 20 years that you've known me. I've gone from unlikable to, well, my hair has changed. But my point is, while a lot's changed over our relationship, there's one thing that hasn't changed one bit, and that's a great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So what's the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite has sparked this debate way back in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. They keep it simple. It's got undebatable quality, great taste, 96 calories, you know all those things. It's a beer that strips everything away that you don't need and holds on to what matters most. But with Miller Lite, you don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste, and is less filling. It's both those things. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com Dan 
or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Don Lebatard. Oh, I think Larry Fitzgerald's on the green right there. Stugatz. That's Alfonso Ribeiro. (laughs) (laughs) How do you what? think that Larry Fitzgerald? The son, the son, the son. Oh, the son. To be fair, to be fair. All right, whatever. Alfonso Ribeiro has a great ass. This is the Dan Levatar show with the Stugats. Nobody, and I mean nobody, beats the Miami Heat eight straight times. Amin was at the game last night. Jeremy was at the game last night. Uh, There were betting odds being set on Jimmy Butler, uh, the favored team to land Jimmy Butler in a trade. And the favorite, Amin, is the New York Knicks. (laughs) What kind of disreputable gambling house would put something like that on their book? Jimmy Butler is someone that Kendrick Perkins is saying needs to uh, get out of here uh, because his window is closing. That felt like a plea from noted former Celtic Kendrick Perkins. (laughs) And I do wonder, as I watch the Miami Heat produce those seven straight losses in a way that's confusing to me and that Bam Adebayo's mid-range jumper is confusing to me. Like, he came out of the box. You You were... you stopped calling him Idris. Mm-hmm. You started calling him Bam. Mm. And I I do believe, because uh, we've said it around here enough, that Bam is essentially what he's going to be. He's not going to be a whole lot better than whatever this is. This is his prime. They are using up his prime. And I don't think you're going to get the leap that you need here, I mean, which is him being better than Jimmy. Him, him being your more important player than Jimmy. Him being the one that you trust more than Jimmy. Like the team, if Jimmy, if Jimmy's going to be in a position where they're going to put this kind of mileage on him, and obviously he's still great, but he's no longer in his prime, and they've beaten him up over the last few years. The only way that in house they can fix what would be the providing of the next step is for someone to overtake what Jimmy mm-hmm. already is, correct? And that's not probably going to happen ever with Bam. Well, I think a couple of things. First of all, Bam does do those things, maybe not on the offensive end, but defensively for sure. He does something that is irreplaceable on their roster. But Nobody. they've been bad defensively over they've, this stretch. Well, they've been They've been worse, yes, but they would be infinitesimally worse if he were not there. So Infinitely he, worse. Yes, Infinitesimally small, smaller. You're yes, right. they'd be. I'm You're sorry. Right? No, I'm he's sorry. right. I'm sorry. I should be purged, my I'm dear sorry. brother Numsi. Oh, you misspoke. I I, I <laughs> didn't even misspoke. It's a shame. It wasn't even. It wasn't even a misspeak. It was. It was weird. It was like I used the wrong word because I didn't quite know what it meant. Mm-hmm. 
You know, well, perhaps don't stop the show in its tracks. Well, I'm not stopping the show. It's, it's, it's live programming. Moving. I know it's, it's just live programming. I know. And, you should and just so keep it moving. I'm just acknowledging my good friend, Dan Levitard, who has a way with words, was very, very gracious in helping me there. Infinitely worse if Bam out of bio were not there. I digress, however, because offensively, I think what a lot of people say, well, he, his efficiency is down. But what's happening is the thing that we've been begging for for years, which is play with force, play with aggression. And for me, that's the leap we were looking for. I wasn't looking for him to all of a sudden start hitting fadeaways everywhere. Just look for him to want to look like, yo, I'm trying to score tonight. Can you give me some examples? He's in, pulled that, though, in, in the playoffs where he's just putting up, like, shot-putting shots up, kind of just let me get on the stat sheet to mm -hmm. show I'm aggressive. Right. Without, without actually yeah, being aggressive. Kind of like Duncan Robinson pulled that move, too, in postseason's past where he'll just fire away from the outside just so you can't hold that against yeah. him. I would say the thing with Bam that's been interesting over this stretch where they've been struggling is that he made such an adjustment at the start of the year where that mid-range jumper, like you mentioned, was was so efficient and so good. And then I think it was against Brooklyn where they started double-teaming him at the top of the key. And essentially the Heat over the last couple of weeks have been trying to figure out what their offensive adjustment needs to be to get Bam in space to actually be able to operate well. That coincided with Jimmy Butler coming back into the lineup and them having to play together. And they really, even last night at times, are clogging the paint for one another because Bam can't play in that same space at the top of the key that he's been so efficient in to start most of the season. So right now, their sort of redundant skill sets in playing around the rim have been the biggest issue for him offensively. The good news was that last night, there was so much ball movement. They ended up taking away two assists mm -hmm. from, from the team, but they had 38 assists on 42 field goals. And that was in part because Bam was working as a playmaker alongside both Terry Rozier and Tyler Hero, setting him up providing lobs, getting him in a different space offensively, which was certainly helpful. You mentioned uh, the, the Nets. And, uh, Thanks, the, I, know, I know the heat a little. I've got a stat uh, from Legion Hoops that I was surprised by. Maybe you guys aren't because Bradley Beal has missed so many games that I was surprised to learn that the Suns' big three has already played more games together than Kevin Durant's <laughs> Nets' big three of James Harden and Kyrie crazy. Irving. I couldn't believe that's that. That's a shocking because stat. Brad, because Bradley Beal hasn't played. At, if you would have asked uh, me, I would have said Bradley Beal's played 11 games this season. If if that. Um, uh, let me ask you this question, I mean, because you mentioned Bam, and I'm curious how often in your career – You've requested this thing from a player, which you're doing what all of us are doing. Bam, look at you physically. You're stronger than everyone out there. Your skill set is something that you shouldn't be stopped going to the rim. You should be getting uh, maybe not Joel Embiid-type free throws, but there's not a way to necessarily stop your strength. How often have you seen that in a player, requested some more aggressiveness from a player you believe to be physically stronger than others at the rim, and you don't get what you want. That uh, that I, player forever becomes somebody who doesn't execute what you think is his strength, which is his strength. I don't know. I, it's not physical for me. I think he's a good player who, in order to make the leap to being a great player, that comes with the burden of aggression even on nights when I, I don't have it. And real aggression, not 
like Mike said, the bailout aggression. Like, oh, yeah, I took 20 Faux shots. Gresham. What do you want me to do? Like, <laughs> Faux no, aggression. I, I need you to try and turn the corner. I need you to try to get to the front of the room. I need you to influence the defense into reacting in, cer in a certain way that then either allows you to score or allows someone else to be wide open, as we saw last night. Now, when you talk about that, not necessarily due to the physical, but due to I need you to be more than just a guy out there. It's happened quite a lot. I think Ben Simmons is a guy who said that about. I think Ricky Rubio is a guy who said that about years ago before I, I LeBron. probably had the credential to say. No, LeBron. I, you know, I at think the beginning. LeBron. Yeah. LeBron was at the beginning. He, was, he, he didn't do anything in the post. He wouldn't go into but the post. But that's different from like not being aggressive Understood. altogether. I think a guy a little bit before my time of credibility, I would say it would be Rasheed Wallace. Like hmm. this dude was talented enough. And when you ask the power forwards of the day, Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, yeah. Dirk Nowitzki, like, Name your peers. Rashid's on everybody's list. Yeah. But Rashid wanted to be one of the guys. Mm. And that, to me, it's like, yeah, it worked out for him because he got into the perfect situation where he was one of yeah. a lot of guys. It, isn't it a little different? Because Rashid played on teams where, even though he was outstanding, there, he was still a role player within the unit. And I think Bam kind of occupies that space, whereas Jason Tatum has this, uh, this in him a little bit, where he goes missing during key stretches. And then he'll explode other games. But he's the guy. He's the alpha. And it's a huge problem if he goes missing, where Bam, he could be, you could argue, he's playing within his role. Yeah, I, I would say for Rashid, that was his choice. He wanted to be that. Right. And being a superstar on some level requires a level of indifferent selfishness. You need it. You have to kind of be a little bit of a jerk in that regard. And if you're too nice and you're too like, I just want to play basketball the right way, you end up like Rasheed Wallace. All the talent to be the best power forward in the league, but I just want to do the right way and play the right way and, and fit in with the guys. And so he becomes a super role player in essence. I think. The same thing we're talking about, Bam Adebayo. It was like, in order for the Heat to really take that next step, we all say the same thing. This dude needs to develop that F you, it's my team, get on my back. But there is a little bit of reticence. It really falls back into, let me just be one if of the guys. If it hasn't happened yet, it's but, not going to happen. But ha I, I'm, I'm telling you, and Jeremy, I want you to jump in here. I think this year he's been trying it. Now it becomes, was well, he skilled enough? to take that desire to also combine that to become star. I think you're exactly right. If you look at the the first portion of this year when the Heat got out to being, I think it was eight games over 500, Bam was a huge part of the reason why, particularly offensively. He was aggressive with a purpose. He wasn't just filling up the stat sheet. And it was once teams made that adjustment mm -hmm. defensively that he's now in the process of figuring out what his adjustment is coming back. But when you add Jimmy Butler back to the lineup, a guy who is sort of the alpha dog who now at this point in the season is is ready to take over and actually have a higher usage rate. The Heat are nine and three when Jimmy has a 25 percent usage rate or higher. Like he still is that guy. And so Bam, who's also stepped in this year to the captain role without Udonis Haslam there, he's really in charge of sort of making sure that this all works and he's the rock of everything they do defensively. It means mention it. If you look at the heat numbers when Bam's on the floor versus when he's off the floor, their defense falls off a cliff. So he's responsible for so much over there, whether they're in man or zone switching or playing, you know, uh, individually on the best player of another 
other team that when you're asking him to also go take potentially 20, 25 shots, that's when the efficiency is going to drop off. But it matters more whether he and Jimmy come playoff time can play off of one another. But you guys do need to understand that when what you're going up against is, oh, Boston has taken its pieces and added Porzingis and Holiday. Philadelphia has the MVP. Milwaukee adds Damian Lillard. Miami's saying, Bam, can you please keep getting better? Do we have to add the Knicks to that list yes. of teams? Yes. I, yes. I, I think they're there. But but so but the I, Knicks made Indiana might be there too. The, but Knicks the Knicks yes. made moves that aren't Josh Richardson. So did the Pacers. The the Knicks made moves. You can't just keep asking Bam to keep getting better. He's at his ceiling in his prime. Like yeah. how much better uh, is he going to problem, get? Because not just the top tier added Veteran pieces that are finished products that you know will make them better in Porzingis and Drew Holiday and, and Dame Lillard, even though he seems to be on the decline slightly. The mid-table teams, like the Knicks and Pacers, add from Toronto, OG and Siakam, and you're out there trying to save your season with Terry Rozier. Like, you're not even failing on the top whales at this point. The, the mid-tier talents that can help you are, are not as good. It sounds exactly like 12 months ago. Yep. It's like this exact conversation we had 12 months ago. This was taped 12 months ago. Oh, we are uh, we are rerunning this segment. We're already at the Might Super well Bowl be. in Las Vegas. This is an actual segment from 12 months ago in the minute, right before the first round of the playoffs. But my my point stands on this. Just want to say the Jets are going to the Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. <laughs> the Heat in this condition isn't the team that you want to be playing in the playoffs, correct? They're going to have to do something, and it's going to have to be more than Rozier. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Hey, listeners, it's Mike Ryan, and I've changed a lot over the course of 20 years that you've known me. I've gone from unlikable to, well, my hair has changed. But my point is, while a lot's changed over our relationship, there's one thing that hasn't changed one bit, and that's a great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So what's the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite has sparked this debate way back in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. They keep it simple. It's got undebatable quality, great taste, 96 calories. You know all those things. It's a beer that strips everything away that you don't need and holds on to what matters most. But with Miller Lite, you don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. It's both those things. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com Dan. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer.